All right, here we go. Last episode of season five. And uh, pretty excited about season six. Season six is going to be starting tomorrow morning, Thursday morning. So we're pretty excited about that. So let's get on with the show and I'll give you an update of what's going on. Keeping that hammer down all across the nation. Checking cities off his list. Sharing stories of the road right here on his station. You are listening to the Kingfish. Yes, you've tuned in to the Kingfish Radio Network. Mm. Expand your mind on the open road with Kingfish right here. All right, we're all geared up, ready for season six. Season six is going to be Chicago to California, California back to Chicago, Chicago to Denver, and then back to Chicago. And, you know, there may be a little vias here and there, but that'll be most part might be like Denver to, you know, St. Paul or something. Uh, it might be California to Salt Lake to back to Chicago. So overall, but it's going to be a grind. When I say a grind, it's like about 6,200 miles. It's going to be a real grind, but really excited about it. It's a, you know, it should keep me out of the winter for the most part since it's a southern route run. And, you know, for the most part. So I'm pretty excited about that. Also, nice thing about it is, is that uh, I get to keep the same tractor. Now, here's the way it works in my company. Every company is different, so don't even think they're the same. But if you have one of the smaller runs that's got a couple of days off, you'll come in, unload all your stuff, you know, go check in, and then the next time you come in, they'll just assign you a tractor that's already hooked up. It's not, not really that big a deal because you don't take that much stuff anyway. Now, if you're on this grind, you know, this big long run, then you get to keep the tractor because it's a longer run. Now, what do I, why do I want to keep the tractor? Well, there's a few things during the winter. Uh, I can load up my stuff, my bedding. I get the bed all made. I get everything perfectly set up, got the GPS hanging. Uh, I don't use the GPS so much for routing. I use it more for where's the next restroom, where's the next truck stop, stuff like that. Most of the time I know where it's at, but or exactly how many miles it is to the next terminal, you know, things like that. Since I do a dedicated run, I pretty much know where I'm going. It's just that I want to know the exact miles. Now... Another thing I want, and this is kind of a big deal for me, chains. I'm, you know, hopefully I'll never use the damn things. But that being said, you know, you hang them on the hook. I prefer a hook rather than a box because a chain box, they get all tangled up. Uh, guys don't hang them up properly. Yeah, they twist and, you know, hang them up all weird. I like to uh, pick up from the floor, put up. I like them nice and neat. I like all the cams open. That's the thing that tightens them once you get them on. I like those open so they're easier to deal with. Uh, when I pull them off to chain up, I want to. I want them laid out. I want them perfect. I don't want them tangled up. I want to put them on. You know. So what I did was when I went in the yard last week when I picked out a tractor. First thing I did was I looked for a tractor that had a PM just do. 
Now, when a PM comes up, I'll have to get out of the tractor and get into another one. That's not a big deal. So I'm good till like January 20th because they just did the PM on October 31st. Then what's going to happen? You know, I found one with a PM due. Next thing I went, I looked at the tires. This guy got really good tires. All right, tires are very important to me. All right, got good tires. Then I went and looked at the inside. Yeah, it looks clean. Not, no damage, no, you know, nothing too bad. Uh, the radio doesn't work, but that's okay. I'm a sleeper driver. I don't need a radio. Uh, sleeper driver, you got a guy in a bunk sleeping. Uh, radio's not going to do me any good. Uh, a few years ago, they added XM radio to all our sleeper trucks, and I just thought, why? <laughs> they spend the money. Sleeper drivers don't don't use the radio. You know, we can't. You know, you may you know you may wear your own personal device or something, but you know you don't use the truck radio because it wakes the guy up in a bunk and if the guy in a bunk doesn't sleep that doesn't really do you any good so we don't use the radio so anyway that that being said um you know i didn't realize the radio didn't work but then i want to make sure all the 12 volt sockets work you know so i can plug in my stuff so you know everything's clean mattress looks good insides look good no trash interior looks clean they clean the trucks after every after every run so it's usually not a big deal uh, you know, all the stuff that I need works. That's great. So now I go look at the chains. Well, yeah, the chains are lacking. You know, they're all tangled up. I don't know what's there. When they're hanging on a rack or they're in that box, you literally have no idea what you have. So I don't want to wait until I'm on the side of the cliff and I got to throw chains to find out what I have because I need at least two, two railers, three railers, sorry, three railers. Three railers are the, t are the chains that go across both drive tires. It's one, it's one uh, piece of chain that's big enough and wide enough to go around both tires, you know, both drive tires, and they're kind of heavy. So I want, I want one of those. I want to make sure that links are not broken. I want to make sure, you know, that everything's good to go. So when I go to hang them up and it's cold and I'm wet and it's like 20 below, out, you know, they, there's no more difficulties than there have to be. So I lay out the chains. A few of them are busted, so I throw them to the side. I take them over to the chain dump area, throw them there so they can fix them. And then I go get some new chains. Well, they're not new, but they were serviceable. Now what I do, I put the three railers on the rack. You know, hang them up real nice so they come off real easy. Good deal. Then I go through the single railers. Now I want at least four single railers in case I got to put them on the, you know, the trailers. I got to put some drag chains on. But I went ahead and put six on because, yeah, if you lose one while you're out there, you got an, you got two spares. So I laid them all out, went through them, cleaned it, you know, made sure I got some good ones. Fantastic! I got six. I got six. I had to go dig around for them in the bin, but I finally got them. Well worth it. A lot easier to do this in a yard when it's nice out than to wait when you're on the side of the road and then find out your chains are busted, and you can you know you're stuck on the side of the road. What are you gonna do? You can, you can call a vendor to bring chains out to you, but then you got to wait for them. Uh, you know, it costs a lot of money. They're going to probably charge a premium for the chains. Eh, I'm going to go out there. I want everything looking. I want everything good to go before I leave that yard. I need everything perfect. So I get the chains rolled up, get everything good to go, check the truck, load up the truck. Interior's great. Everything's fine. Now, that being said, what they used to do at this company is whenever you use the chains, you used to write it up. Then some junior mechanic would pull them off, inspect them, put them back on, 
Then they would put a band on them so you knew they were good. Okay? That was great. And so when you left the yard, you didn't have to drag them off and check them out. They don't do that anymore. I don't know why. It seems like it would save a lot of time and money for everybody. But now the way they do it is it's just, uh, you know, it's whatever's there is there. And if you leave with bad ones, that's fine. And I'm just not willing to do that. So it just really shocks me that they don't do the banding anymore because you knew exactly what you had. And, uh, you know, I think it actually saved the company money. Because now you don't have guys, you know, you don't have vendors coming out there to bring chains. You don't have guys wasting time because you're on the clock. The whole time you're waiting for a vendor to come out with chains, you're on the clock. You know, so when it, it just seems like it'd be cheaper to leave the yard with the proper equipment. Plus, you know, if they actually went through your stuff at the scale, which I kind of doubt they would because it's such a hassle. But if they did and your chains are all busted up, they probably could give you a ticket. So knowing that my chains are good and everything's perfect... And I went through a lot of effort to do this on my own time before I left the yard. I took a length of chain and ran it through the chains and threw a padlock on there so nobody could take them off. Why did I do that? Well, because I don't want to do, you know, I don't want to drag the chains off again. You know, I went through a lot of work to get these things. You know, it took about an hour, hour and a half. And I just don't want to do it. They're heavy, they're bulky, and I just don't want to do it. So I threw a block on there. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody clipped it before the end of the season. But, you know, we just, I don't know, good chains are seem like they're in a short supply this year. Usually they'll get a pallet somewhere along the line. But when I went over to the pallet they had over in the area, they were all used chains bagged up. And, you know, here's the thing with chains. Nice, shiny chains are easier to see in the dark. And they, they don't clump and they don't cling and they, they just put on a lot faster and are so much nicer. You know, it's just so much less work and you get less dirty because you're going to get dirty no matter what, but it's less dirty. And it's just a really fantastic thing. I also went through my chain of bag. Now in my chain of bag, I have, you know, rubber straps that I use to, 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 to tighten the chains up. It gets a little bit of the slack out of the chains once you put them on. Uh, hopefully I don't ever chain up, but it is a big deal. You want to be prepared. Uh, I also have knee pads in there in case I get a, you know, I don't want my, I'm getting older. I don't want my knees to hurt. So I put the knee pads on when I'm chaining up. Uh, oh, this is a big one. Now, Sal Paul brought this up to me last week and I thought this was, you know, something I should have mentioned when you're chaining. A lot of times you're going to be in a high elevation area. And when you're in a high elevation area, you do tend to be, uh, you know, it's harder to breathe. You know, because you're in, you're in such high elevation. So when you're up in there, you know, keep in mind, if you're throwing chains and you're in, like, let's say, you know, Loveland Pass or something, which is, you know, anywhere from, you know, nine, you know, it was 8,000 feet to, to 12,000 feet, you know, elevation. Well, you're up at 12,000 elevation. You know, it's really going to take a lot out of you. So you want to make sure you keep that in mind. Might, you might get a little dizzy. You might You know, it's going to be a lot harder. So that's just one thing to keep in mind. And another thing, uh, when you're doing the change, you want to keep both hands free. And so what I'll use is a, a light, the, the headlamp that goes on top of my head. The one I may, I use is made by Fenix. It's F-E-N-I-X. Uh, you know, it's, it's really bright. You don't need any particular model. You just need one that's bright enough to where you can see, 
Yeah, it's, it's all that's important. I'm not going to. That's just the brand I use. It doesn't matter what brand you use. You know, you can get a cheap one. You can get a very expensive one. I wouldn't recommend getting anything overly expensive because you're out there in the elements and things are getting trashed and, you know, th you know things are getting beat up. So it's, you know, I, I just don't recommend anything that's too expensive because it's just going to get trashed out there. So, you know, just, you know, and you want your hands free because you're going to need them. And quite honestly, a lot of guys, you're teamed up, you know, your co-driver might help you, but the truth is you really don't need any help. You can do it all by yourself. You know, putting on chains is a solo operation and taking them off is easy. Now, like I said before, I think I've mentioned this once before, when you take the chain, when you put them on, take one of the, the cheap seals that you put on your trailer and put that on the outside where the chains connect. And that way, when you stop, you can see in your mirror that that section that's connected is up. And then that way, when you connect them, you're not on, you know, you're not on top of it. So it's a lot easier to disconnect the chains. You know, you just reach over, snap, boom, they're off and pull them to the side, pull forward, hang them, and then just hang them, you know, in a nice orderly fashion. You know, uh, hanging, if you can hang any chains up properly, and you put them up and they're all kinked up and all messed up and then you got the cams all open that'll be half the work right there i mean literally it'll it'll cut down your chain up time amazing if if it's ready to go when you get there and you just drag them off and hang them up you know that's why it's so shocking to me that the company doesn't uh my particular company doesn't uh ban the chains anymore like they used to you know, I, I just thought it was, you know, you knew exactly what you had. It was easy to deal with. They were properly hung. And now it's just, you know, you get out there and it's just a ragtag mess. So you got to go everything, you know, you either go through everything and get it all squared away or you just leave and then deal with it and then charge them for the time. I prefer myself. It's piece of safety equipment. I'd rather have the thing exactly the way it should be when I leave the yard. I don't want to mess around with that stuff. It's just something I don't want to mess around with. So anyway, that's season five. Season five's over. Uh, this will be the last of season five. Season six starts tomorrow morning. Excited about that. Now, keep it up with the miles. Total miles for season five on the Portland bid was 77,374. Uh, Portland bid was a small bid, uh, not very many miles. You know, so it was, uh, you know, like I said, 77,374. Uh, California, you know, the new bid, uh, last winter was, uh, 138,000 something. So we're going to dramatically increase our mileage and we're also going to dramatically decrease our time off. So I might have to change the days that I do the news and in the days of podcasts. I'm not really sure. It just depends on how everything works out. I'm not going to, I'm not really sure how things are going to work out until I get to it. Still want to do the, the video, you know, the, uh, the, the video of the chaining up. I think that's kind of important. I'll put it on YouTube and then we'll talk about it here. I want to get Sal Palm there. He's got some really good ideas on that. Uh, you know, I know I do all these things and they're very second nature to me because I've been doing them for so long. So sometimes I like to bring somebody on that I can talk to that is as skilled or better than I am. He's probably been doing it longer than I have. And the reason why I do that is because sometimes things are so second nature to me when it comes to this stuff that I forget certain things or I'll forget certain little areas. And that's where it's nice to have somebody like him who, who will, you know, we'll feed off each other and it'll give me some good ideas and maybe I'll forget some things. 
you know, and that, and that's really important. So that's what I like to do there. But anyway, it was a good bid. I really enjoyed going to Portland. Uh, you know, for the most part, it was Chicago to Portland and back. Uh, a few times we went somewhere else, but it wasn't too much. Mostly it was a couple of times when we went to Salt Lake, you know, Chicago to Salt Lake and then Salt Lake to Denver and then Denver back, which is kind of a pain, but it's still good time off. Uh, the one, one time they sent us from Denver to Salt Lake or Portland to Salt Lake. And I get there and we're there like eight hours waiting for the next load. I'm like, well, where's, you know, what's going on? You know, what are we waiting for? And they said, well, um, you know, we're getting paid for the whole time, so it's fine. But it's, I just want to get going. It's quite honestly, I'd rather be home and get paid at this point in my career. But they're like, uh, well, we got to wait for two trailers. They're coming through and you're going to take those back to Chicago. I'm like, well, where are they coming from? He's like, oh, they're uh, coming from Portland. I said, what, are you, what are you talking about, man? I just came from Portland. Why would you take two trailers that are supposed to go to Chicago and, you know, and, you know, make me come down here? It didn't make any sense. I was out of Portland. Here's what it is. I was out of Chicago. These guys that were bringing a load to Salt Lake were from Salt Lake. They were Salt Lake team. And so about an hour after I left, they gave me two Salt Lake loads. I went to Salt Lake and then about an hour to two hours after I left, they gave another team two Chicago loads and had them via in Salt Lake and then have me take them back. Uh, they would have been a lot better off having me take them back. You know, it just seemed like a huge waste to me. Eight hours on the clock plus, you know, at a route to go to Salt Lake. It's not a far miles, but still, you know, I would have got an extra half day off for it. I mean, I'll take the money, but it just seemed like such a waste to me and I didn't want to do it. I hate sitting around. But I'm like, you know, we got to wait eight hours, you know, you know, because they were tracking them on the computer. Well, of course, the guys they gave them to weren't nearly as fast as we were. So, you know, they were slow, stopped, ate a lot, stuff like that. There's two kinds of team. There's two types of teams out here. There's the kind that wants to whip it out and get down a road and move some freight. And then there's the type that want to sightsee. And we have both types here. And then we have everything in between. Uh, I don't really want to sightsee too much. Maybe once in a while I'll stop and see something, but enough for them, you know, not really. But there are guys that that's all they want to do. You know, they just, you know, they're in no hurry. They're kind of dragging ass. You know, they think they're on vacation. Uh, you know, th there's room for it in the industry. You know, don't get me wrong, but that's not the type of driving I do. The type of driving I do is get in the truck, hit it, get there as fast as you can. Now, the truck goes 63 miles an hour. You can't go fast. So what do you do? You want more time off? You have to become more efficient. You can't be more, uh, you can't go faster, but you have to be more efficient. You know, plan your stops, uh, plan your meals, plan your, you know, just plan everything out. You know, have a system down. Uh, regular hours, regular hours for me. I drive from three in the afternoon to three in the morning. I wake up at the same time every day. I go to bed at the same time every day. Eat at the same time every day. You know, and I enjoy driving at night. I love meteor showers and things like that. So it works out pretty good for me. I enjoy the night shift. Uh, co-driver, he likes the day shift. It works out perfect. You know, he drives from three in the morning to three in the afternoon. So he knows. Oh, wow. We just got a new subscriber to our um, podcast or our YouTube channel. That just popped up. Very nice. 
Oh, that is very cool. In fact, I think that's our first subscriber to our YouTube channel. You want to check out the YouTube channel, just look for Trucking with Kingfish on YouTube. Uh, there's not too many videos up there. I got some train videos and some boat videos. I'm working on it. Uh, it's a work in progress. Just having fun. Whenever I get stuck somewhere, I I'll do a video or I'll do this audio stuff or, you know, it's, it's just, I don't know. It's just fun. 20 years ago when I first, you know, 23 years ago when I first started driving, you couldn't do any of this kind of stuff. And I just enjoy it. So, yeah, why not? Right? Why not? Whether if uh, three people listen to it or 3,000, who cares? I'm just having fun. So anyway, I'm going to end it with that. I can hear the music going. I hope everybody's having a great day. Oop, tay, 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 not tay, day. I hope everybody's having a great day. Season five is over. It was a great summer. Uh, rained a little too much in Wisconsin for my taste. Uh, it seemed to rain every every time I was home. So I only got about three, 400 miles on the convertible, uh, which was not too good. This summer, or this winter, I think it's going to be... A rough winter. It's snowing out now, right? In fact, in Wisconsin, uh, Thursday or Wednesday, the sixth of November, at uh, ten o'clock at night, it's snowing. I'll be leaving for work in a couple of hours. I want to get there early. It runs leaves at seven, but uh, I live in Milwaukee, so truck leaves out of Chicago, so I drive down to Chicago. I want to get down there before rush hour traffic hits. It makes life a lot easier. But I don't know. You know, drivers be safe. I think this winter's going to be rough. We had a lot of mid, you know, moisture in the Midwest and the Upper North, and I think we're going to see a pretty rough winter this year. So, you know, be prepared. Bring your, you know, extra food. Bring, you know, bring a sleeping bag so you can hide in the thing if the truck quits. You know, just be prepared. You know, it, you can't be prepared enough. You know, winter's winter's a real bear. And for those guys looking for trucking companies to work for, uh, all I can say is, you know. My suggestion, wait until spring. I wouldn't mess around during the winter. You know, you know, do your research, look into what you want to do, check out whatever it is you want to, you think you want to do, and then go with, you know, whether it be flatbed reefer or whatever, and then do it in the spring. You know, learn to drive in the spring. Don't learn to drive in the winter. You know, it, winter's hard enough. You know, driving's hard enough as it is. You know, you got to change your whole lifestyle. Don't, you know, don't, don't do it in the winter too. It just makes it that much harder. That's my advice. Wait until springtime. You know, don't do it too much all at once. No more than one major life event at a time. You know, just, and then be prepared. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a rough one this winter, I think. You know, it's just one of those years. You know, and things go in cycles, and this is going to be the cycle where it's going to be rough. So just be prepared. Bring your snow stuff. You know, trust me, you don't want to be cold. You know, that truck breaks down and it's 30 below, 40 below, what, 50 below, whatever. You know, it's it's not cold anymore. It's just painful. And you've never seen pain until you've been in like 20 or 30 below. It hurts. It just hurts. It's not even cold. It hurts. You know, and, uh, you know, make sure you got a good, you know, a good beanie, good face mask, good face mask. A uh, copy man who was on an earlier episode gave me one last year. I keep it in my bag all the time. And this way you can put it over you, covers your face, and keeps your face warm because you don't want any exposed skin when it gets really that cold. You know, it's not something you want to mess with. Uh, DEF, let's talk about DEF real quick. Diesel exhaust fluid, it freezes up. Yeah, yeah, diesel exhaust fluid, it's mostly water. 
and uh, urea, from what I understand, and it freezes up. So what I suggest, and what I mean freezes up, it'll freeze up at the truck stops, and you can't pump this stuff. So, what well, my suggestion is, it's the, you know, you need it just as well as you need fuel. Uh, during the winter, you know, it's going to be cold. Add DEF every time you fuel your truck, and then you won't have to worry about it. You'll be fine every time you fuel the truck. Uh, keep the truck from fueling. Keep it idling. If it's idling, it's less likely to freeze. Uh, if you're rolling down a road because of the sloshing of the fuel, it's less likely to freeze. That being said, if it's 20 or below, you know, 20 degrees or below, I'll add a fuel additive to keep it from freezing up. Uh, good teams, if you're a good team driver, you probably really don't need it, but it's always best to be safe. You know, anything above 20 degrees, I really don't mess with. Uh, trucks are rated, you know, the fuel's rated 10 or below. And most truck stops, but I go with 20 below as a guideline, just as a safety net in case the temperature drops. You know, and then I'm in the middle of nowhere, and then I'm good to go. Uh, diesel fuel gels up, the truck gels up. You're not going anywhere, so yeah, that's what you're gonna watch out for. Anyway, I'm gonna cut this out. Hope everybody has a you know good weekend coming up. I'll be working, and uh, hopefully I'll be home Tuesday, so I can leave Thursday. Like I said, it's a grind. So anyway. Have a great time. Talk to you all later.